I wanted to start by sharing some words in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's really important to stand up, even if it makes you uncomfortable, or if you feel like the topic's already being talked about. The subtle indignities that people of color have to face, although I understand intellectually, I will never understand emotionally what that feels like. I just wanted to take a moment of silence to acknowledge my white privilege and also honor those who are lost and all the people affected by this toxic hate. What's your intention? What turns you on? <laughs> Did you forget? Hello, hello, hello. What's up? It's so great to have you here. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for allowing my language to be the frequency inside your brain. <laughs> um, so what? My name is Antoinette. Nice to meet you. How you doing? Who you been? What you with? <laughs> Welcome to Did You Forget? Okay, so you're probably wondering what the hell is this, right? Did You Forget for me is like a self-gift. It's like a page in my diary during these quarantine adventures. I wanted to capture, first of all, I wanted to create a platform of opportunity. I wanted to create a hub for community, for support, for like-minded individuals, music lovers, for humans that want to connect and be vulnerable and speak truth right now because I think it is it's just imperative for us as a society to move forward, to expand, to grow, to better our planet that is going through it. We're all going through it together right now. It's scary. It's tense. It's heavy. It's wacky. People are losing their minds for real. <laughs> so I just wanted to create a platform where I could corral people that inspire me in the industry, people that inspire me outside of the industry, the music industry, I mean. I'm a DJ and a producer. For those who don't know me, check out my beats, find my frequencies, um, all the links, all the stuff I'm talking about. I will add super easy links to find you in the description of the podcast so you don't have to dick around with your time. <laughs> okay, so I just want to kind of explain. It's really confusing because there's nothing like this out there. Just wanted to kind of explain what you can expect from Did You Forget? So the first episode, which is going to be released every Thursday, if not multiple days of the week. So stay tuned and add Did You Forget podcast on Instagram for that information. But um, so, yeah, every Thursday there's going to be an interview that's going to be released. Um, the topics that I'm going to be interviewing um, these individuals are going to be underground music. It's going to be um, relationships, uh, sex, psychedelics, um, you know, everything that we forget to talk about that we it's so important to be honest and vulnerable and share and upfront about and the second part of the inner, or of the podcast that I'm really just so excited about that has been growing gray hairs and crashing my computer for the last month and a half 
um, are the live streams. So one of the things I noticed about live streams, just as a viewer since Corona hit, <clears throat> was that they're, they're kind of boring. They're super awkward. Um, you know, the the quality sometimes varies because of the internet connection. So I wanted to create a hub where not only the quality is really good, but also it engages you on a deeper level. So all of the live streams that I will be posting either have a, a concept with the music that I choose or visuals that are added on top that have that tell a story, that have a purpose. So I kind of call them live stream music videos because it's the only really way to describe them for our society to understand like what they're what what to expect. Um, so not every single guest is going to be a DJ producer, musician, artist that um, would want to collaborate with me to do a live stream and shoot these visuals. Um, but m most of them are, and I have a lot of them are really excited and on my calendar to do so with. So you can expect um, a lot of different really vulnerable collaborations, which I'm really, 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 really excited about. So I'd love to introduce you to my first guest and explain um, episode one and one and a half for you. So I first met my first guest in, and Gladys, it's this um, downtown warehouse in the underground music scene in Los Angeles. And I think Tara Brooks, I think it was a Midnight Lovers party, maybe Dialogue, I'm not sure. Uh, Tara Brooks was DJing, which sometimes people get us confused, which is so weird to me, but she's also got it too, which is so funny. Uh, super sweet, very talented DJ. Would love to have her on the podcast. If she's listening, that would be fucking cool. Reach out to me. Thank you. <laughs> if not, whatever. That was awkward. Okay, moving on. Um, and I walked into the vending section of this this um, after hours party. It's probably around like 3 a.m., not sure. And I see this ball of light with all these crystals and all this goddess energy and objects around. And that is how I first connected with our first guest. She is a pillar for the LGBTQ community. She is an incredible role model to anybody in the philanthropy business. She is such a beautiful soul for creating her business to create a community around this underground music in Las Vegas. And I cannot wait to invite you personally to the events that we're working on when COVID is over. And I'm just really honored to be able to connect with her on a regular basis and to call her a dear friend. Um, so before I introduce her, uh, I just wanted to explain the live stream um, that's coming out Saturday the 13th on SoulSate platform. I will put all that in information in the description of the podcast. Um, I, I titled this episode 1.5, uh, Light in the Universe, because one of the reasons why I wanted to put the visuals on, um, this is really vulnerable for me, I'm already like choking up, but we're going to pioneer and move on. Um, so one of the reasons why I thought of the idea to put these visuals on top of the live stream is I was really going through it personally, as is I'm sure every single human in these circumstances. Um, I was feeling incredibly lonely. Um, I was feeling just really uh, this 
this overwhelming feeling to be heard, right? And and I, I kept thinking, well, what? Why am I lonely? Like, what 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 do I actually need from someone? And I just realized that I was missing these moments where, when you fall in love with someone, or when you really really connect and be with them, you see all these very close up images of intimate moments with them. You see their shoulder differently. You see under their chin. You see the middle of their back. You see the way their hair moves in the wind. And this, I just wanted to say this video is incredibly intimate for me. It's incredibly vulnerable. I'm super overwhelmed to hear any and all feedback. Um, I just wanted to share that with you guys so that you know that I'm here for you and I'm here for me. And you can expect that I'm going to be getting, be influencing my guests to also go there with the art that we collaborate with. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to say that. I'm really excited. I've had a lot of conversations with incredible artists. I, I'm so honored that they want to work with me. And yeah, I just wanted to let you know that that's what you can expect from Did You Forget? And without further ado... Welcome to the show, the very first episode, MJ. Okay, so I'm here with the co-founder and owner of Soul State Las Vegas, or better known as the Magic Mama, MJ. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, Antoinette, thank you so much for having me, love. Oh, so honored, so thrilled, appreciate it so much. I was really, really excited to have this conversation with you because in the short amount of time that I've known you, I feel like we've bro down and really like talked about some very intimate, private things and just like a short time of knowing each other. And I just really appreciate your bravery and your vulnerability and just as a performer, when I performed for Soul State in Las Vegas, I don't know, like, what was that, like, four or five months ago? I can't even remember. <laughs> I know. Back in February, you were our headliner. That was such a ridiculously beautiful party. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, and to be honest with you, and I've played in some really gorgeous – I've had some really lucky situations with my DJ career being so new. And your crowd, your network, your dance floor, that space – was one of the most beautiful situations I've ever had with DJing. Like, I feel so connected to your whole crew, seeing everybody work together. And, like, like it was kind of like natural social distancing. Like, everyone just was down there on the dance floor doing their own thing. It was just, ugh, I feel so lucky to be a part of your guys' like little family. Oh my God. And the feeling is so mutual and I'm so happy that you felt that when you were there. Um, it's been, it's been brewing for three and a half uh, years now and it's really palpable now when you're there, just the magic, the community mostly. And, um, yeah, the warmth, um, it's really, really, really special. And having been, to a number of beautiful dances around the world, I can I can say I'm so proud of it. And that means so much that an artist like yourself, who all of us jam to and love, uh, would feel that way. Uh, it means so much. That means so much. Yeah, I was actually, I'm glad that you said three years ago, because I really wanted to pick your ear on how Soul State came about and what are your like building block of intentions that 
make your dance floor, make your network so different and beautiful? I appreciate that question. Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Well, if you want to dive into it, um, you know, Soul State started three and a half years ago, like we just mentioned, with my dear, dear friend. Uh, At the time, uh, he was my uh, delivery manager at our marijuana dispensary that my my family was partners in and I was a manager at. And uh, yeah, my my co-founder, Gambit, um, DJ name and real middle name, (laughs) (laughs) such a sweetheart, uh, approached me um, at our job at the dispensary and was was like, MJ, you know, just... uh, uh, you and you know, I know you enjoy this sort of music, house music and techno, and I know that you are part of like the Burning Man community, and uh, and that um, and that you guys have some pretty beautiful parties up there. And Gambit is himself um, super steeped in the Los Angeles house music and techno um, uh, scene. He comes from a, a family of DJs, his father through very well-known parties out in Los Angeles. And No way. So Wait, what he, were they called? <laughs> um, those parties were thrown by uh, Gambit's father, Tony Largo. Um, the parties were called Does, uh, Does Your Mama Know? <laughs> and uh, they were super um, queer, community-oriented, but um, very much just, you know, come one, come all. Open and, book um, policy. Yeah, true, you know, underground before... Um, before our social media and, uh, and internet interwebs takeovers. But yeah, um, so Gambit comes from some really beautiful um, family down there, some really beautiful music um, kind of pedigree, and learned how to spin even from, um, from uh, the likes of his father. And Marcus Wyatt was uh, one of his father's partners. Oh, I like, love Marcus Wyatt. What a beautiful my- soul. What a beautiful soul. He's honestly uh, such an inspiration. Um, we look up to him so much over here and are just like so grateful to have ever had him come out for us. And uh, he's, yeah, he's got like, this like palpable, grounded, very present energy that kind of like shocks your system when you first meet him. <laughs> absolutely. You know what I'm talking like, about? It's just so genuine, um, so direct, and so open. And um, yeah, it can, people aren't generally like that. And it's <laughs> di- disarming and beautiful <laughs> and opens you up. Touche, <laughs> touche. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, we love we love that. Marcus. So he. And so yeah, Gambit. So we. Um, so yeah, Gambit approached me in that capacity, kind of just like both music and community lovers. Moreover, um, you know, he came from very strong community, and as did I, just through my experiences um, previously out on the playa. Had been there for seven or eight years, just. Um, and yeah, so um, um, he. Uh, he and I found a beautiful venue in the arts district. It's um, so beautiful. And uh, yeah, you've been there, obviously. It's sort of dive, divey meets kind of um, underground theater. And um, yeah, the dance floor is not big, but you know, when you get a couple hundred of us out there, it feels. No, very it feels empty, really big. And you guys have these like crazy vaulted ceilings where I'm not sure if the windows you can see the light through so that, you know, if it's really cloudy, it like kind of shines a little bit more pink or blue depending on the lights reflection. It's really cool. I really enjoy that place. What was it called again? 
It's called the Artifice. The oh yeah, Artifice yeah, yeah. That's bar right. in, uh, and yeah, in downtown Las Vegas in the Arts District. It's like right in the heart of the Arts District. It's so central. So as a location, we're so blessed to be very, very, um, yeah, very central to all of Las Vegas. Uh, everyone can get to us within a few minutes. But that's and, not uh, the only party you guys threw on. You threw a whole freaking three-day festival. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We forgot. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, my God. That was only back in November that we threw We Are All One uh, festival here in Vegas. Um, uh, it was benefit- such a treat. Oh, my gosh. It, I felt was- so spoiled to just have – I think I watched, like, maybe 14 hours straight of just amazing music from different DJs and performers all night. Like, it was incredible. I can't even speak about that night without just oh, being overwhelmed um, on those <laughs> nights, uh, three or four nights, just so many incredible artists like yourself and just all of you gave from your heart for the cause for which we threw the festival, um, which was all of our um, all of our um, profits went to uh, a couple of um, incredible transgender organizations that I work with um, here in Las Vegas, um, the center, uh, the Gay and Lesbian Center, and Gender Justice uh, Nevada, um, both of which do the most work on behalf of the transgender community here in our here in our Nevada and Las Vegas community. And so all of you, all of all of you, you included, just like gay from your heart, came out from everywhere, from New York, from. Germany, having Nico Stojan out here was just too fucking beautiful <laughs> right. from Los Angeles, all of the Los Angeles family. Um, I got to go back to back with uh, Zach Walker. How epic was that? That like I was totally fangirling. <laughs> that was so, so much fun. Just the last night having such an intimate moment with you and Zach and a dance spirit who I, oh my gosh, who I just love so much. And, and Candace. And, uh, yeah, that was just a so really fun. special moment. Um. Yeah, it, it's one of, like, my favorite festival situations, you know. Um, when you go to a first-time festival, there's always, like, you know, like, things that you learn that you will do a little bit differently the next time or whatever. But I was so overjoyed to have room on the dance floor. And every single – I'm really picky – like when I go out to see music in Los Angeles, I usually leave early because of how much I hate the music. <laughs> and like, it's not that I expect that when I go out. It's just like, I, I just want to go home and do my own music, you know? At and some point you get a little bored and you're like, oh, you know, I got a nice playlist back there. Exactly. <laughs> and every single person I saw in your lineup, like I said, I think I watched 14 hours of straight music there, like between the two um, stages. And it was so epic so effortless everyone really played well together everyone played very different every single person i saw played very different which is such a treat as a dj so yeah i'm like i can't i can't boast about we are one enough it was truly incredible so many lessons learned as a first year festival um what do you think are the what do you think are the most important lessons that you can that are ingrained now from this experience Oh my goodness, I couldn't, uh, you know, planning, 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 as well as, um, you know, giving, building a team, a team that can properly execute um, and, um, and, pardon me, and um, um, 
Uh, basically, this time around, I tried to do basically everything myself, and I paid the price uh, just in emotionally. In, yeah, in, it's wearing and running, running myself to the ground. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The end product was so beautiful. However, there's no doubt with a few more dedicated minds and hearts and bodies, um, it could um, one could do much more. <laughs> and so I've learned. It that. really uh, takes a village. It takes a village, exactly. And we absolutely had a village, um, but because of the, um, the rushed nature of the festival, we put it together in three months. Um, I remember I remember the call when it was like, okay, this is a go, and I'm like, dang, girl. <laughs> yeah, it was a very shotgun moment. It was actually only originally meant to be a smaller house party, and it really, um, on the recommendation of... of our dear friend Holmar, um, who suggested that by throwing a festival, we could raise more money and more awareness for our very awesome cause, uh, that, you know, that we should do the work and throw a festival. And I just, I couldn't have agreed more with that sentiment. Um, and then I started doing the work three months out and saw just the mountain and felt that so 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 much um yeah felt that load so so much um and yeah this it was beautiful it was having so many beautiful people to share the load we formed so many wonderful partnerships uh with wonderful producers who came out and gave their heart and made the weekend um incredible so uh yeah we've we're forming that village and i'm so grateful I'm so grateful. I can't wait to go to it and hopefully be a part of it again. <laughs> it was so epic. Oh, um, you know you will be. Oh <laughs> I did want to ask you about uh, the the money that you guys raise and um, share with these different charities and collectives. What, what kind of change does that do for our community? Like, have they, like, written you a letter of, like, where, like, the money, like, went or... You know, uh, I would love to to hear like a little bit more of the the back end of the excitement of, you know, truly just giving unconditional love through that message of the whole We Are One festival you threw. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, I, um, the name of the festival, We Are All One, really speaks to the to the sentiment of it just because people are so used to um to separating themselves from the other and really put, you know, we're so used to dividing ourselves by whatever means possible, gender, race, um, whatever. Well, you know what I've noticed in the quarantine? There's some people who are like avoiding going there with their shadow in themselves. And it comes off as so incredibly entitled. And it's like, they're, they're so insecure about something that they're not dealing with that that's how it comes off and like even before obviously quarantine this has happened for years obviously look at the oppression i mean today is sunday the 31st and people i mean there's been a curfew since 4 p.m in my city (laughs) but uh yeah sorry to interrupt you i just like really have noticed that during quarantine and it's been something that like brings tears to my eyes 
you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. We seem to we seem to really be putting these divisions there even unnecessarily when it comes to the quarantine. Everyone's that now an expert on disease and prevention <laughs> and, and everyone just needs to take a step back, a little bit of humility, a little bit of compassion when we address each other, when we see each other, so we can see each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a little discouraging, but I've also seen some some beautiful some beautiful things um some beautiful developments in certain in certain people so yeah it's it's been yeah the 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 pandemic has been wow it has been so many things uh that and yeah division it definitely it's definitely shown us some of those divisions like you were like you're mentioning and yes like going back to the original question of um of like the intention of the festival for raising the money and very honestly, the transgender community is a very small community. And now, um, finally, in our society's history, more and more people are familiar with trans people. But that has only been the case um, very, very recently. Um, and that's due to um, a history for the last hundred years plus uh, in this country of of trans folks being very oppressed and you know just doing the, doing the most to get a little bit of recognition and really that has all just come to fruition in the past 20 years through organizations um, like the ones that we support um, um, the, yeah uh, I would love to know I would love to know like, like the tangible things that they're like working to positively physically affect the change, you know, because I do feel a little ignorant and, and not knowing how I can really help besides, you know, donating my time or money. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, um, these people are just the most marginalized people, some of the most marginalized people in our society. So we work with the gay and lesbian center of Southern of, uh, of Nevada, um, who act as basically a, um, a shelter and a center, um, for, um, all things that one might, uh, need from that one might need, uh, as far as, you know, basically any, any sort of, um, help that may not be as available to a trans person, a homeless trans person, a queer person in, in normal society. So um, getting them financial literacy, um, getting them help with a job. Um, I personally am involved with several groups there um, that are um, support groups um, that meet uh, monthly and um, you know plan activities um, literally just to support each other in order to um, see other um, see other people like ourselves because for the most part most of us have not been around other folks like ourselves and so um, it's honestly small things very tangible things um, like you were like you're like you're seeing um, asking um, just um, very very um, yeah real life <laughs> It's beautiful. So no, truly, yeah. it's beautiful. I I am so grateful yeah, to be a part of like that cause that you, you know, really brought to honestly my attention. I feel a little ignorant admitting that, but yeah, I didn't really have much awareness around the issues that um these these people face. Yeah, honestly, just being literally one of the most marginalized sectors of our society, you know, um, the um, gays and lesbians, you know, 
had their um, had their very very um, important you know move for civil rights in the 90s, but that really didn't translate for for trans folks very much. And so it's just very very difficult in the um, life of a daily in the daily life of an average trans folk, especially of lower income. And so it's like just like helping them in the small tangible ways, um, whether it's getting some extra money for food or uh, or just providing a safe haven, literally just a safe haven where they can go and be safe. Um, and then the other organization that we um, that we sponsored um, was um, the Gender Justice Nevada, who are responsible at the um, at the um, at the bigger level, at the legal level of securing and lobbying for bills and getting laws passed, actual laws passed in Nevada that make Nevada a relatively safe and awesome place for trans folks to live in America, because there are yeah. so many places that you can literally just be fired for being trans. Um, you severely know, beaten up. Say to, that again. Severely beaten up to the point of like fatalities. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, crazy. Yeah. And, you know, North, uh, North Carolina's bathroom bill, which is, you know, just like Ugh. uniquely crazy. So nothing like that here in Nevada. Nevada is, thank goodness, a relatively safe um, place for, for trans folks, um, for trans kids in school. Um, yeah, there's been some really good laws passed recently that have been largely um, done by, again, the uh, Gender Justice Nevada, whose work is just so beautiful and so awesome. If you have an opportunity to check out their work, yeah, just Gender Justice Nevada or the Gay and Lesbian Center of uh, Las Vegas. They're both just awesome organizations. Can't rave enough about them and love to continue to support them. And we're actually going to do a little trans pride um, once Corona is kind of dying down. We had planned one with the Gay and Lesbian Center in March, um, but we'll be doing that in the near future. In in the virus-free future. (laughs) Exactly. exactly, Whenever that will be. Um, I will definitely ask you, I just wrote that down. I'll ask you for that information so I can put it in a bunch of links up in the podcast for people that are curious. They can go search that information. Amazing. Appreciate that so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Like really, I think one of the most important things that quarantine has really shifted in my perspective has been my lack of enthusiasm for newer information. And, uh, you know, there's so many times where I'll look to the person next to me and I'll say, I wonder what this is. Or, you know, how, I wonder when chairs were made or something just so, you know, little in the moment. But in, in, it made me really aware that like, oh, I have a smartphone in my hand. Let me just look it at myself. Like, why would I put that burden, that responsibility to educate myself on someone else? And I know that, you know, as humans, we're all feeling roller coasters of emotions. And that's one of the reasons why I was so, you know, passionate about getting this podcast really going. And one of the main things I'm going to be talking about, at least during this time, is asking music lovers like yourself, how how has your experience been during quarantine? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it has been, um, it has absolutely been a challenge, but at the very same time, I am unbelievably blessed. Um, I live in a beautiful home. Um, so beautiful. <laughs> I get to, uh, I get to work from home. Um, 
I, um, it's been very hard though. You know, I lost a lot of work, uh, lost some very good, some very good income, uh, lost some value and, uh, yeah, financially was hit very hard. Um, but so, you know, socially it's been, it's been, uh, morally they're just, uh, yeah, kind of devastating not to see and be around our community. Um, excuse me. From, uh, no, excuse, bless you. Excuse you. Bless you, babe. Bless you. Um, um, yeah, from, um, from my community, from my queer community to, um, my, my dance community and the, uh, the intersection there. Um, and, and just old friends it's been very strange obviously not to see people um but the people i'm with um i've had an entirely um new experience um while i have been um here in um in my home in quarantine we have had um we have had um, the arrival of an old family member um, who's on the autistic spectrum, um, wow. who, yes, who we have been um, blessed with, but has been a challenge to learn how to take care of. Um, she's um, very, very, very um, low functioning and very, um, you know, in need of constant, um, in, co- in need of constant um care uh so that's just been a lesson in in patience and gentleness and um um an appreciation um of like the little things and uh and yeah it's been very grounding um i've been so blessed to be quarantined with my girlfriend who has been an unbelievable um an unbelievable caretaker uh not only really of myself um uh, but of my cousin um and uh and yeah we're building a little village to uh to help take care of her and uh yeah so you know that's been a very big part of my quarantine personally um i know everyone's has been so unique and different but for me we literally received her um she's my age uh 30 years old born 10 days before me um, oh wow so soon they're so close (laughs) yeah yeah so close so close so i you know was with her when i was very young for um you know for for childhood uh get togethers um and hadn't seen her for a very long time um but yes um she came to us just as quarantine started in early march and so it's been um yeah it's been it's been about the duration of that um otherwise i've been honestly um as busy as as busy as i could ever imagine i see some of the friends on social media uh commenting how how quarantine bored they are and I'm like oh god sometimes I wish but it's been a little <laughs> non-stop um yeah still work with soul state um soul state has been producing top-notch beautiful productions that I'm very very I'm proud so proud of, of them our, too uh, our tech crew who I had no idea who could produce such a beautiful stream and um, shout out to our uh, our beautiful family at bright light digital art um yeah they uh, they've been producing some beautiful streams for us and uh actually um as far as working more and more um as far as streaming goes as well we recently partnered with the incredible new entity out here in las vegas area 15 um who you'll be hearing more and more about um they're going to be a large presence in the las vegas art um and kind of alternative community um 
they are partnered with Meow Wolf. If you're familiar with yeah. Meow Wolf, um, yeah, uh, of course, kind of an interactive art museum. And uh, you should definitely super- look it up if you don't know what Meow Wolf is. It's an experience. <laughs> yes, if you ever have an opportunity to go to their maybe first I'll put one. that in the links too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and now we'll have a Meow Wolf in Las Vegas at Area wow. Fifteen. Wow. Um, and so that's opening after. You know, um, in in the very near future, um, yeah, they're they're now a part of the Las Vegas community. Um, you know, they're opening something in Denver as well. So yeah, they're really spreading their wings. And um, their first place in New Mexico is so amazing. I went there for the first time, uh, my first time with my family, which was too fun uh, this Christmas. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was too yeah, fun. <laughs> too much fun. But, I love yeah, that. So we've been yeah we've been working so hard. Um, working so hard and uh if you haven't checked out the streams we'll, um, they're yeah. so fun grant has been getting super funny he's been getting like funnier and funnier 503 yeah. <laughs> we have some characters yeah, we have some characters. yeah. 530 is a silly did silly. i just say 305 i do this every time <laughs> <laughs> it's just his uh it's just his former uh um, zip, zip code oh my god what is it area, area code, code. Uh, norcal representing uh we love grant so much we um yeah absolutely i got to go back to back with him at my gig at soul state he wasn't on the on the the venue lineup but i got to go back to back with him for what like two an hour and a half two hours it was so fun he is you guys were so lit <laughs> yeah we we dj really in very cool. similar styles and we also like the same kind of genre so we were like we we meshed very well together and you know we didn't play that much of each song which i like that's kind of if you're playing tech house that's kind of the style that i like to go with and he just slayed like him Putting, putting down every single kind of tech house that I like. So it was really fun. That was definitely the best and longest time I've ever gone back to back with someone in front of a bunch of people. That was really special. Everyone, lo- oh my God, you guys had everyone going wild. It was uh, crazy, dude. I've never seen a crowd like react like that before. That was too much fun. <laughs> too, too much. much. <laughs> Grant is just like so full of surprises for me sometimes. Like I... Um, Grant, uh, Grant and I have been to Burning Man together a couple of times and, uh, was, was over with, you know, um, all of the friends, all of the, uh, all of the, all of the scene, if you will, at, um, <laughs> at, uh, Cosba for Gold Cap and Sabo back to back for six hours and, Can't go and they there. were just absolutely beautiful and killing it. And Grant comes over from like three or four camps away down esplanade it's like yeah no this is fucking awesome you gotta come fucking check this shit out <laughs> and he was uh, like i'm down. just coming to get you <laughs> <laughs> we, go, we go down to this camp and they're just throwing down the most wonderful morning uh disco house that i could have ever asked for and um as much wait as was I that that was that that a bubbles and bass no, that was no, a Cosba. No, no, it was not. I wish I could even remember the camp or the DJ. Although, um, although I know Grant will for me. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was, um, it was an incredible system, whatever it was. Um, much bigger than Bubbles and Bass system. But no, I don't know who it was. But it was absolutely outrageous. As much as I love a Gold Cup and Sabo sound, uh, that morning it was exactly what I needed. And uh, yeah, Grant has incredibly good taste. And so. so <laughs> So happy. When was your first burn? 
Um, first Burning Man was in uh, 2013 and uh, went with um, some of my friends from university. Um, Where did you go to university? Uh, went <laughs> lead in question. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I was uh, I went to undergrad and um, and my I uh, got my master's as well at the University of St Andrews in Scotland, which is like an hour and a half north of Edinburgh, and uh, it was the most awesome college experience I could have ever accidentally had. Um, <laughs> what made it an just, accident? <laughs> um, I didn't get into anywhere I wanted in America. <laughs> oh, and, aren't um, you lucky? <laughs> I know. Well, and, and then um, it was a very random application that I had put in over there. And in the end, I, you know, was like, oh, they, they accepted you. Maybe go check it out. And I was having a, a, I went to check it out and went to Scotland and (laughs) was having a doobie in one of the castles in the town and was like, this is where you're going to go to college. And it was, yeah, so kind of, yeah, kind of a happy accident that I I didn't get into any uh, universities that I wanted to in America. That's uh, how it works. That's how it works. I'm so uh, indebted to that type of law of attraction situation where like you could spin something like, oh, everything is against me but then if you really if you really look at it like it's a true gift that it is to like just have an experience being alive you know in that moment it is so beautiful because you've told me so many amazing stories about your time at university and like I I feel like I want to learn more (laughs) (laughs) it was oh my god there's yeah no it was absolutely it was too silly the education was uh was awesome but the socialization was uh, <laughs> socialization formed some, some really beautiful bonds and yeah those are the people I started going to Burning Man with and um, um, my first year out there in 2013 was maybe one year after I graduated and um, one friend's sister had been out there for about 10 years and we um, we went and camped with their party and it was about 80 of us. Uh, the camp was called It's Complicated. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Of, <laughs> it was a bunch of uh, Western Europeans, uh, Italians, um, who had all kind of been in the university friend circle, um, Italians and English and Germans, and, uh, and you know, everyone speaking their different languages. And uh, it was just a little complicated when everyone would want to <laughs> want to go somewhere at night and uh, get on their bikes and put something in their mouth and try to figure out where you're going. <laughs> where well, am I going with all these people? I can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we got thrown in the deep end in a really cool way with like um, people who had been doing it for a very long time. And, you know, so really um, adopted kind of what we would hope we would call like an older school ethos, Um, you know, just doing the hard work yourself, building your camp, um, just, yeah, um, all of the tenants, living those as much as possible. Um, Yeah, because that's why we're fucking out there in the desert. Uh, Yeah. so, (laughs) um. So after your first year, I know that everyone's first year is always like really crazy and intense and feels very life changing. Um, what, what do you think the principles, you know, the, the 10 principles for those of you who don't know much about Burning Man, if you go to Burning Man, you better look up at those principles, (laughs) but what do you think the principles just kind of living through, you know, your experience there, what do you think, 
you really took away? Like, I know that each year you kind of take away more and more, obviously, but from your first year, what was that first seed that you started like planting and watering from that experience? Oh God, that's, um, honestly, um, I, I'm such a fan of, of radical gifting. I always love bringing up everything, but, um, honestly where the one that represent or that 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 i started to realize in myself more that became the most important for me was radical self uh, realization or radical self-expression really mm-hmm. um and um i've always um my first year at burning man i had not yet um come out as a trans woman i've only been out as a trans woman for um four years approximately um on on hormones for about three and um my first year at the burn was about eight and a half nine years ago um I saw communities of every crazy stripe as you're aware, as anyone who's gone up there is aware, you know, from club, a, uh, from camp AK 47 to, you know, club or to, you know, the most hippy dippy, uh, whatever, everything in between, everyone's up there representing their, um, you know, their version of their truth. And it's really fucking beautiful. Even if you've got some conservative crazies, you've got the most insane liberal crazies to balance them out. And, uh, um, yeah, honestly, um, it skews towards obviously maybe a more artistic eccentric sort of, um, person, but you've got a really, really good mix of, of lots of different types of people out there. Even if, even if it does skew a little bit creative, um, which we, which we appreciate and we will keep that way. (laughs) Um, but, um, but yeah, self, uh, self-realization self-expression um i had not really um i had always known myself to be queer from a very very early age and had never felt safe to express that and so that environment um started opening that up in me and um you know that environment includes things like psychedelics which were incredibly powerful and instead opening up um, which which ones in particular that you were talking about Oh, which one's not? <laughs> I mean, I have a very healthy relationship to all psychedelics, especially in a medicine ceremonious capacity. So I don't need, like, you know, to to. I just really want to educate people on on yeah. how the relationship changes to view psychedelics as really a medicine, as a tool to connect and understand the reality of what's going on in your circumstances, right? Oh my gosh. They're so powerful as said tool, as said medicine, as said healing, um, healing gift, um, healing blessing. Um, yeah. Um, I've taken them in now in now all forms of settings, um, being, having gone up there for those eight years, as, as you were mentioning in a, in a ceremonial sense and a medicinal sense. And then of course, in a more recreational sense for uh, enjoyment, uh, for, for going out on a night ride, um, on the playa to view art, to view the lights, to view the people. Uh, I'm getting FOMO. You're really selling me right now. 
sorry, we're not going this year, everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, oh, tw- 2021. We're coming for you. But anyway, for anyone who's been like they, they, um, and who has had that unbelievably pleasurable next level, uh, indescribable experience of having done some psychedelics out there. Um, it's just an incredible lens with which to view reality and, the reality up there is already so next level um, creative and out of this normal world. Um, just, you know, uh, um, um, an art colony on Mars or, or, or what have you. Um, it's just so out there that that put that having that extra lens. Um, honestly, is just for me, it's beautiful. And beauty is never something to, to shy away from. Um, it also, of course, on a deeper level, helps you explore um, um, spaces in your mind, in your uh, in your soul that maybe you don't necessarily navigate to on a day-to-day basis. Um, and, uh, and yeah. Um, That's for actually me, so- what they do, like, on a biological level as well. They, they carve different neuropathways that your brain isn't used to sending electricity through to communicate in your brain. So it's like, you know, you said it so eloquently. <laughs> <laughs> well, that precisely. And that, of course, is, like, it's so cool to, like, see that scientific research is actually being done and that I think MAPS is the association, M-A-P-S. I'm not even sure the exact what it stands for, but it's, uh, you know, very... <laughs> It's the psychedelic research um, group, and they have done so much in literally getting to the FDA level of of showing what some of this psychedelic, um, what psilocybin, what LSD, what um, so many different forms of psychedelia can do on a medicinal healing level. And so um, we're we're in, we're getting there. It's a society. Um, I'm so privileged to know folks in Colorado who um, were intricate in passing the first um, legal cannabis laws in the country. And they very specifically have let me know that, you know, and you can already see it in Denver where they've decriminalized mushrooms, that mm-hmm. that is their, where they plan to go next uh, with their laws in Colorado. So some of these things are, are really, really beautiful to see, are really awesome to see people are noticing, not noticing, realizing the incredible healing um, potential of these things. And so, um, yeah, just in relation to opening me up um, (laughs) to my queer self that I had never truly um, expressed, um, acknowledged, yes, I um, I was painfully aware of the fact I was um, I was transgender and um, very consciously throughout my life suppressed it and just said, Yes, you are, but no, you're not going to show that, and you're going to live an easier, better life for it. And that was my rationale for over 25 years, Um, and it was just um, ignorant based on a lack of queer role models, based on a lack of any queers around me, actually. (laughs) Um, So it was just kind of um, where I went, yeah. where I was until I got to the burn, until I yeah. Was there was there a specific medicine or a specific uh, scenario that really like shifted that uh, relationship to the information within? Like where you just were like, okay, you know what? Now I need to start actually being who I am, or now I need to start like sharing this part of myself. Is there an actual moment for you? Um, it's. There is um, practically that moment. Um, yeah. Every year going up there, my um, 
my um, psychedelic drug of choice would be LSD. And during, uh, at very least, um, one of my uh, LSD trips while I'm up there, I will go and isolate myself and go do a meditation in the deep playa and just sit out there looking back on everything closing my eyes, asking my, checking in with myself. Um, and I literally started that the first year I was up there. The first year I did it, it was definitely haphazard. I was definitely too high, making my way out to the middle of the desert on accident, and I just had to sit down. <laughs> and while I was there, I, I did that. I did that meditation and checked in with myself. And I, you know, asked myself, you know, you know you're trans, and how are you doing about that fact? And um, for the first year and every year after um or in in subsequent years i kept asking myself that same question and uh about four years ago my answer switched and it was that i was going to take action about that fact which i had been so scared to um in the previous years but had really been shown that um that yeah um by those by that community up there that kind of that that freedom that radical self-expression is truly um is truly the way to go (laughs) yeah back in four years and i'm so grateful for that (laughs) yeah well just even the radical participation and like you know all of them together they they really create this container where you 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 allow anything that usually makes you uncomfortable in a certain part of your brain because of programming or people or I mean because of programming period that's where it comes from, and then right. you see this community of seventy thousand people plus now you know the biggest city in Nevada for one week or two weeks out of the year come out of nowhere that means every single person had some sort of responsibility in bringing this this city, this community, this magic together, you know, and it does, I think, produce a really safe area for people to discover the things about themselves that maybe society doesn't have a place for just yet or, you know, whatever negativity that society or status quo has on judging people that, you know, aren't the same as everybody else. I don't know. It's weird, but. Exactly. Oh, Oh, they express, yeah. No, it's it's an incredible environment. If you, if so, you, so let me ask you this: What are, if there are any moments at the burn where you've had to show some patience and educate newer burners on the the beautiful effect on no moop or you know radical inclusion or. Um, you know, any of, any of those things where, you know, I've, everyone's been in those situations where they had to be like, Hey, this is how it works here. <laughs> or like, you know, Hey, maybe, maybe I can help you do this. Cause this is how it works here. You know, um, Absolutely. are there any, are there Absolutely. any experiences that are, that are jumping out to you that you feel like sharing? I've had too many of those experiences, <laughs> love, because I, of course, um, uh, I took to the I took to the ethos so much my first year, and in the subsequent years, 
um, that I really wanted to um, bring it to people and I really wanted um, to kind of form our own community within. And so we only camped with our first year camp um, for one year and then subsequent years we started forming a more tight-knit close group and for four years up there, um, not not uh, for four years up there, we had a group called, we, uh, our camp was called the Golden Llamas and we were right adjacent to Pink, um, Pink Mammoth and it was an incredible little camp. Um, um, it was only... Um, it was only last year that we hadn't didn't have it as um, uh, my very German uh, uh, co-lead for camp had a child and couldn't make it, and I attached to another camp. But for four years, we had a camp of like 80 or 100 people that I was um, kind of co-lead of and uh, was, was the mama llama. And um, <laughs> yeah, we would often have new new burners um you know uh coming from new york or coming from la or coming from europe who just didn't get it <laughs> and uh would just need a little bit of a a little bit of a knock-in a little bit of a hey this is your shift this is what your responsibilities are this is not vacation this is the fucking burn fuck your burn bro <laughs> and uh you know some of them didn't take that very well but i you know me and the lead never mind giving it um and for those that can't take it i don't know if they really belong out there in the dust um you know everyone has to do their part um the burn is is so much more than a vacation as anyone um who really loves it knows and um yeah the burn the playa makes you work for it okay (laughs) the playa tests your inner humanity (laughs) (laughs) absolutely oh my gosh your bike is gonna break down (laughs) all the way across the world and and your camp is gonna leave you and you're gonna get so sad (laughs) any any number of shitty scenarios that are just gonna test your soul for just like a moment but then you're gonna be like wait a second i am well, you hopefully you'll be like wait a second i should be so grateful for being in the coolest city in the world right now but um it will test you over and over again <laughs> yeah definitely the parts of yourself that you've been avoiding will come to play <laughs> oh my god so yeah, true absolutely. it's so true for me i learned a lot of moments that just really yeah showed me that i was lazy with finding out information for myself you know, and I think that I, I think I don't think that it was like a conscious. I'm lazy. I don't want to look it up. It was more like d- me doubting that I could like figure out the information by myself. And that 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 just small little. I mean, it sounds so duh. Fucking figure it out, lady. <laughs> it sounds that sounds so simple. But for me, I never really given myself permission to like think that I was smart. And Burning Man, I remember I was dating my ex boyfriend at the time. And it was t- it was the first Tuesday, and I was just like. It's so many tears were coming out of both of my eyes, and they're like, "Are you okay?" And I'm just like, "I just get it. I just get it. <laughs> I haven't been here, but I am now. I get it." And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Don't mind me. I'm just up leveling." <laughs> welcome. Oh my god, what a good welcome. Welcome to the club, right? Oh my gosh! So, sounds sound like you got it really quick. <laughs> like I mean, I mean, each was year was there um, was there a psychedelic something that got you there really quick? <laughs> yeah, I definitely I had been microdosing shrooms for like a month before a burn, um, and then when I was at the burn on that particular day, I had 
eaten two and a half grams of shrooms, which is quite a lot for me. I'm, I'm a little lady. Um, oh. <laughs> and also, I'm very sensitive to, to most things. Um, yeah, but when I ate them, I always make an intention with if it's a psychedelic or my food or water or any kind of substance that I'm ingesting, even smoking tobacco, um, I'll make an intention and my intention for those shrooms were show me my magic. And so it was a really intense trip, but it was super fun. Like, um, I remember being really grateful to just allow myself to be broken in front of people. I don't think that I ever, you know, gave myself permission to even have like makeup on without being in front of people at, at that point. Oh, it's so beautiful to allow yourself to be vulnerable. It really brings it out of you up there. And how do you feel like you learned that? How do you feel like you learned how important it is to be vulnerable? Oh, gosh. Um, too because many you do have to learn. Like, it's not something that's, like, just, like, innately taught in schools, which is just crazy to me. But, yeah, we do have to learn. We're, we're scrappy humans picking up the love language. <laughs> I always repress that part of my psyche. Um, I always tried to... Um, tried to put to the fore a, a masculinity to kind of, you know, um, hide the, the part of myself that I really didn't want out. Um, and so I, I overpracticed masculinity my whole life. And through that, I think I had, I know I had um, issues with anger. And even though I wasn't a big like yeller or like um, fighter, um, I was very angry. And like, that's no doubt due to the fact that I, I couldn't be who I knew that I was or wanted to be. Um, and, um, and yeah, after coming out, um, honestly, that has all released so, so, so much. And I've been doing so much healing in those past four years, uh, since coming out. Um, um, and that vulnerability sense, I've got, I've, uh, I've become, uh, I've become a crier in the most beautiful sense. I've, I've just become more feeling balanced and, balanced um, and, you're and yeah, in touch with myself. And, um, and yeah, so for me, it was coming out that, that really made me more vulnerable. Um, that really, um, helped me, um, see what I was angry about and to see the world in a more beautiful way. Oh, vulnerability is so beautiful. Wow. I am just all about that shit. <laughs> You're so eloquent in the way that you share. I really appreciate you sharing that. Oh, <laughs> Thank you, babe. Thank it's, you so much. It's I, hard I, I, for... I, hope I was smoking my doobie. I'm like, dang it. I hope I sound good. <laughs> you, <laughs> <Thank> s- you. <laughs> you sound great. I, I'm so inspired. And I hope that, you know, what I mean, what you just said was on a real visceral level so important right now. Um, you know, today, like I said, is the 31st of May. I'm like, what month is it? <laughs> it's such a quarantine. Like, wait, what month are we in? <laughs> and... All day, all night, I've been watching these videos all around, you know, I think mostly United States. I haven't, I don't know if I've seen any in other countries, but there's just these women and sisters and mothers and brothers and dads and, you know, uncles and aunts, everyone out there trying to show support and love. And I've seen so many videos of people meeting them with just crazy malicious anger. And, you know, the reason I'm bringing that up is because you mentioned that. You said, you know, I was so angry. And that's what it takes. 
that's the first step in really loving yourself and evolving and growing and expanding as a human is to say, hey, you know what? This is how I've been doing something and I actually you know what? I'm going to do it like this now. I wasn't wrong for the way I did it, but I, that doesn't make me feel good anymore. And, you know, this fear, this, this whole topic on fear, it's like just the same reason why you were so angry to like, just admit who you were, not even to the world, just to the people around you. And the same thing with our society right now, Exactly. you know, it's like that nobody, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, how our government can keep harboring these type of educational situations as a whole like we need a different plan okay (laughs) i saw a post saying you know the system isn't broken they built it broken and i really resonate with that because you know instead of dealing with okay let's get together let's switch up the group and and make an actual plan I just, I feel like people are just getting aggressive. It's so sad. I've been like crying in bed all day. I'm sure. I, how has it been in Vegas? Yeah, it's been, it's, you know, it's it, America's bleeding right now. Vegas is no different. Um, and it's, yeah, it's an incredibly powerful moment for our country. Um, I, I can't even, I, I, I was doing the same thing as you yesterday. Um, it's, it's really, really, it's it's heartbreaking. America has told itself a lie for the entirety of its history, and that is that we're a land of freedom with equality and justice for all, when really it never actually has been that for everybody. Our original sin of genocide in this country, our original sin of slavery in this country, um, the fact that we just rest on the backs of uh, immigrant labor that we do not treat as humans in this country to this day. Um, um, we are not the land of freedom, equality, and justice for all. Um, we have so, so, so much, so, so, so far to go. Um, is it better than it was? It's absolutely better than it was. <laughs> Our presidents aren't slave owners anymore, even if they might be a bigoted, <laughs> probable racist. Um, but yeah, um, we've come so far. Um, but the anger is understandable. But where it's got to be different is in the expression of it. Um, it's just like so many people have the proper intention of a, of a, of a beautiful, peaceful protest, and then just a couple people want to, you know, you know, loot something. Well, or destroy you know, it's crazy. And, I'm sure there's you know, like most- aggressive people that are looting. I'm sure I've seen it. However, when I was watching these live streams from downtown yesterday, um, one of my friend's friends was showing the, the, they turned a corner and then there was a cop car that was like graffitied and, and, and like on fire and everybody started losing it. They're like, that, that was not us. Like that was not like, and then, and then right across the street, there was like six different cop cars trying to do it to another car. So it's like, wait a minute, are you guys planting like a burnt up, like graffitied police officer car. And right when they turned the corner, they went nuts. The crowd, like it, the video wasn't much longer, but people were so like, I mean, rightly so. If, if that's the case, it could have been like looters before them. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think that they would ever have 
like the proof unless they look at the street cam cameras or whatever. But <sighs> crazy, right? You know, the, the division's crazy. I have a very dear friend who was married here at my home, um, who's a uh, police officer here in Las Vegas, and um, he's a black man and just a, a wonderful, wonderful, um, wonderful, you know, character in the community who's always been there for 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 so many people and uh and his car was destroyed yesterday um burnt out and um and and destroyed so it's it's happening it's 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 you know it's a few bad actors but protests are important protests should be happening um protests are the only way change happens you know seriously Um, it's just like uh, when people's safety comes into concern is the only is the only place where you have to be where we all have to be compassionate and be kind and uh, not threaten violence uh, towards one another. Um, but yeah, uh, things don't change without things don't change without this. And um, and yes, this is happening for a reason. America, uh, America's history has dictated this uh, for right or wrong. Uh, you know, Dr. King said that. Our riots would continue as long as, as long as injustice and inequality continued in this country. And he was never advocating for riots, but he was explaining why they were happening. And um, and this, we're in the same situation right now. Um, there's a reason they're happening. It's a very very important reason, and everyone needs to take note of that reason. And um, absolutely. And yeah, uh, I you know it's it's such a heavy thing, and I, you know it's just now, and I'm so happy that you know the conversation did come to it, and you know what we weren't planning on it, but I'm happy that you that you brought it up, and um, and yeah, uh, it's it's I mean, important. It's been uh, it's been scary for me, MJ. Like today, I went to the bank to get like money for cat or for rent, and you know I look over to my right, the car right next to me with the windows. I had my windows down; they had windows down. There was four people in there that just robbed a store and had a cash register in their hand and they were frantically trying to open it that was like right next to me this day today and then all of a sudden I've got since we've been on the phone I've gotten three or four notifications saying that like around within a mile radius there's like cops asking for backup like I can hear sirens for for like three or four hours it was sirens and car alarms for three or four hours straight I was like worried that we wouldn't be able to do the interview today Oh my gosh! It's my insane. heart goes out to you, love, and everyone. Like, oh my gosh, everyone is just feeling the feeling unsafe and feeling the angst and feeling that everything. Oh, and my heart is bleeding, and oh, I'm. <laughs> God, there's so much. It's so much. It's a very painful moment for us all. For and, and you know. But I, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's. I think it's the it. only way. I think it's really important to like be a part of educating people and be a part of like a positive physical change. And just like you said, peaceful protesting is so beautiful. So important. I think in Boston they have, they had like the cops also kneeling. It was so beautiful. There was a couple, I saw a a cop comforting, um, an African American woman. I think she was a mother crying and he held her. And I'm like to have him do that during Corona is so powerful and so beautiful. Like, I'm getting emotional just, like, thinking about it because, you know, when someone is just so worn down, it's, like, really hard to watch. 
And that's what these moments of hardship can give us is really beautiful moments of, of, of compassion and kindness and just the opportunity to, 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 to be better. And we're seeing so much of that, like you just said. And God, we just, we, yeah, we have to, we have to be better for our black uh, brothers and sisters, for our fellow citizens, for our fellow Americans. And, for humanity. Um, like, for if you humanity. think about, okay, the planet's here and, like, everybody's on the planet, right? We're all humans. We should all be together. It's so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> we got we got on yeah. a little crying tip here. Oh <laughs> um, uh, no, babe, you're gonna have me crying. I already I already have tears in my eyes. It's so heavy and it is. Just, um, my heart so throbs for people. So we've been actually on the phone for an hour, so we went over time, but that's totally okay because I feel like that's always how we have conversations. Like it just always goes more than an hour. It's crazy. <laughs> But Absolutely. I wanted to. I oh wanted to. I'm, I'm so happy to talk to you for 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 ten hours. Let's let's take some acid and go talk more. I I'm I'm probably gonna stop by your place. We'll talk about that after. But I'm probably gonna come and and break up my drive and and stay with you and visit you because I would love to see you and your family and I would love to connect with you. <laughs> I miss you so much. Thank you. But I, I did want to on like you are you're always welcome. Please, you know that. So like, please make that pit stop. I will. I definitely will. Um, I wanted to uh, have like a parting note, right, for people to like think about on their own. So for for yours, I would love to ask if there is something that you could educate or tell a younger part of yourself. Um, what would that be like and now with all the knowledge that you have today? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Come out, little boy. <laughs> little girl. <laughs> I'm just I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> part of my psyche is just um so torn from from waiting so long to to come out and it's just healing that i'm going to be doing for a long time but i would tell that little kid just not to be so upset and just not to be so angry and that he maybe didn't have to hide that and i i say he but you know um that was just it's the only way that he would understand it that was who i was and it was who i would have told you i was and even though in my deepest part like i knew exactly you know i was going to my sister's closet uh, dressing i was looking up from the time i was 13 um uh, sex change on the internet and just you know just wanted that so badly for myself but um repressed it repressed it repressed it so i would have just i would tell myself just you don't have to repress it you don't have to be upset you don't have to be angry be yourself be yourself Mm. little kid be yourself little girl and um yeah as trite as that is no that's beautiful (laughs) yes be yourself whatever whatever that means i love that ending now thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and i'm so excited about the live stream that's going to be released with you guys. Um, it's going to be, so this podcast is going to be released on the 11th, which is in 11 days. <laughs> and then um, I believe my live stream with you guys is coming out on the 13th, right? Is it Saturday? 
Exactly. So excited to have our um, last Soul State stream, uh, foreseeably for the quarantine, this June 13th. Um, and we're so happy that Antoinette, that you're giving us uh, the opportunity to debut uh, your incredible video um, uh, along with your music. And um, oh my God, we're so grateful for that. And um, we'll also be joined by Dance Spirit on that day. No uh, way. I had no idea. That's awesome. Uh, what an honor i'm fangirling so so hard right now (laughs) yes so grateful for chris and reagan we love them so much and it'll just be uh it'll just be such a beautiful stream with your video chris and reagan's new music and uh from the soul state squad we'll have cute jesus who i just can't get enough of uh, (laughs) yeah um yeah, it'll be a beautiful, beautiful stream. Thank you so much for being a part of Antoinette, for being a part of everything. We love you, your family. Oh, uh, I'm so soul, honored. Our soul sister. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And, like, I'm so excited to continue working with you and putting some really beautiful retreats and parties together with you. I feel like, you know, the world needs people connecting others and I can't wait to do that work with you whenever you know the virus is gone (laughs) I know I know we're gonna all be safe together soon I can't wait to be dancing with you you. thank you so much for this um talk babe it has been so just lovely it has been nothing but lovely just um thank you thank you thank you oh my pleasure thanks again for coming Thanks again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day.